This morning, I was scrolling back through my Instagram messages, looking to see when I had originally reached out to Katie Saffitt. Turns out it was April of this year, 2020. And I don't know about you, but April feels like so far away and then it only feels like yesterday. Our sense of time is completely all over the place this year. Both of us were deep in this imposed lockdown period, but on opposite sides of the world. And as a mum of six-year-old twins, like Katie is, there was many mums in her position who were business owners and had their existence completely flipped on its head because suddenly they also had two children at home who were supposed to be at school or in daycare or um, just not around them (laughs) 24-7. Suddenly her events were on hold, temporarily we hope, and she was thrust into homeschooling like I said and really digging deep to find out what this next chapter was going to hold for her. From afar, I witnessed Katie through occasional Instagram posts show up with truth and honesty and rally around her community, rallying around those women that she had supported for years before and encouraging them to continue to dig deep as she was. She's a natural leader, as you can imagine, from this uh, work that she has done this year. It's really shown up as leadership. She's a visionary, yet an incredibly down-to-earth woman and very practical. Over the last 24 hours, I was thinking about our conversation and the conversation that you're about to hear I knew that once we finally got to lock eyes across that portal of Zoom (laughs) that we all know well by now, our conversation would be real, it would be inspiring, and it would actually be really exciting. This is an important episode for the small business owner who feels like this year their vision has been thrown off course perhaps more than once, (laughs) that start, stop, start, stop feeling and wants to learn some practical tools to ensure that your dreams don't die inside of you right now or this year, more to the point. At the end of this episode, Katie mentions her new offering called The Business Church, which opens at the end of September. And I want to let you know that currently, as she shares in the interview, this is an invite-only club, but I still suggest that you pop on over to her Instagram and follow her at Hatched Collective to find out more. Alrighty, I am so ready for this episode. Let's dive into episode 61 of the True to You podcast. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. (laughs) 
welcome Katie to the True to You podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, thanks for having yeah. me. I'm so excited. This has this has been a little while in the works, hasn't it? <laughs> totally on me. I take full responsibility for this not happening sooner, but I feel like in divine timing, things happen. <sighs> And uh, oh, it's been yeah. a busy year, which I have a feeling some people can relate to. Yes, yes. And I think sometimes we need to complete some things in our life before we're ready to come out and um, speak up about what we've been up to. Because, yeah, we've been, you've been busy in ways that you probably didn't expect to be busy this year. And I think that was a big part of why I wanted to talk to you, Katie, is because you have been so transparent about your journey this year and obviously a lot of other things that have happened in the past few years. You're a mother of twins. How old are your twins? Yeah. They just turned six last week. Oh, big school kids. No, they're now. little still, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, well, if, if anyone was in school, to be honest. Right. I mean, as right now, as we're talking, it's the middle of COVID still towards the tail end, but yeah, our kids are still not back in school. So yeah, we're yeah. just, you know, rolling with the punches. Every <laughs> yeah. Day. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's dive into this conversation around transitions. Uh, this is something I know that you speak a bit in your work and, transitions as I was saying to you can be motherhood to um you know kids leaving the nest or it can be going from full-time career woman into motherhood or changing careers there's so many stages that we go through in our lives and it really shakes up a lot (laughs) from experience in terms of who am I that big question and what is my true identity when I remove the labels or stepping into this new role? Perhaps a lot of the women on this in this uh, community can identify with stepping into motherhood and what that's meant for their careers and things. Talk to me a little bit about what that process has been like for you and why you are so open to sharing that journey with everyone? Um, I feel like it's an ongoing process and I feel like it changes sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly for me. Um, Motherhood, getting pregnant was a bit of a surprise, especially when we found out it was twins. I was like, whoa, all right, this is wild. Um, Exciting, but wild. Um, I was traveling on yachts as a chef and traveling all over the world. And it just was, it was unexpected. Um, Cause when I thought of motherhood, I was like, okay, I'm going to strap on a baby and travel the world and it'll be fine. And I'm like, uh, the people who do that on Instagram, <laughs> you're crazy now that I have two kids. So that transition was probably the hardest of my entire life, to be honest. Um, and I'm open about it because I feel that that's when a true connection happens. Um, I fully believe in, you know, we can't go through breakthroughs until we open up and until like we break in. And so in order for other people to not feel alone, um, I do my best to be as honest as possible. 
about how hard life can be sometimes because mm-hmm. I think everyone's going through it. Um, transitions are not easy. Um, growing is not easy. It's uncomfortable. Um, on the other side is amazing when you can look back, but going through it is, is hard. Um, and that's when you need people the most is when you're going through it. And what most of us are doing right now is saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. Here's a pretty picture. I look good. I'm better. You know, I am a leader. So I'm going to say what I think people want to hear. And I find myself doing that at times. And then I forget that when you truly connect with somebody is when you get down on that level of saying like, yeah, me too. Like I feel this exact same way. Like you might see me as someone above you, but like I'm here with you and everyone is going through the same feelings and it's, you know, research has been done. (laughs) doesn't matter where you're at in business. We all go through those same feelings. They just might be a transition is a little bit more elevated. So instead of losing a thousand dollars, maybe you're losing a million or you're losing 10 million. Your body still processes that transition the exact same way as everybody else. Mm. And so that's kind of, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) It does. It does. When, uh, when you're going through one of these periods, is there tools that you lean on to support yourself to, it's not to say that this can be easy or a clean process, uh, but certainly when we feel supported in that, when we feel held by something, even if it's our journal. Yep. Yeah. What, what sorts of tools do you lean on in these times? So I have found out over the the last however many years of what my toolbox is to to help me. And I feel like it could probably help a lot of people. And I feel like we all know these things, but we just don't do them when we're in the moment. But I know when I am triggered and I'm either thinking of, oh, comparison or I'm lonely or I'm overthinking something, I go straight to movement always. So move my body get outside and move. And it could just be standing next to my computer and jump up and down. Um, That's it. Like I start there. That usually starts your body to like, kind of be like, okay, I got this. Like, all right, I'm moving that energy through my body. I know that any feeling that's coming in, all it needs to do is just move through the body. It needs Mm -hmm. to come out. So sometimes I'll take like my hands and like wipe it off my arms or I'll wipe it off my legs, um, or I'll scream as loud as possible. And like, I do this with my kids a lot too, is I'm like, show me how loud you can scream. Like when I know one of them is upset, because I know that it's just a moving, you're moving the energy out your body. So that's number one. I would always just start Mm -hmm. with that is movement. Um, number two is I go to imagination. So, um, that is, that could be for some people, it could be meditation. It could be for me, it's dreaming. It's like planning big ideas and just like seeing myself in like a whole nother world. Um, I've always had a very big imagination. (laughs) Um, And so I think that we can put ourselves somewhere else for the time being, because your mind actually doesn't know whether you're experiencing it or whether like it's real or not. Mm -hmm. And so I just put myself in other 
like in other realms almost. Um, so that's number two for me. And then number three is writing it down, like writing it as a story of like what I'm, what I'm feeling, what I'm expressing as it's happening in the moment um, and just getting it out. And so I know because I have my, my natural instinct is to call somebody and have someone like confirm I'm okay or express that like it's going to get better. And I usually find myself left feeling almost lonelier because I know that like I need it for me. I actually don't need their acceptance of my feelings or for them to shift the feeling. Um, it's, it's feeling it. It's moving it through your body. So does that work all the time? No. And when I've gone through those three steps is when I say then, okay, I need some, I need some extra help. I need some support. And then I have my anchors. Like I know a couple people that I call my anchors and they're the ones that I am like, I'm hurting or I'm feeling really shitty right now. Like I need you. Um, and those are, those are my people. We've, we've expressed what we need to say to each other in order to like, be like, okay, drop everything. I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things I'd say, but before you reach outside yourself, I think you need to reach inside. Yes. Yes. And it helps that process of completing what you're feeling as well. Not to say that you write it in your journal and then cool, done, close that chapter. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, No, but it's like almost any story loop. I mean, you know, when you talk about good branding, you're opening a story loop, people need to have it closed. When you're opening a story loop of emotion in your mind, it has to kind of close up. Um, The the story loop needs to finish. Mm. And when it's not finished, your mind is going to, you're going to find yourself racing all the time. Like right now I'm getting ready to launch a big membership. And like, the loop is not finished because I haven't launched. And so I'm up every night at two in the morning and I'm like, zing, like my mind is just going because that we think in story. And so when we can't close that loop, our mind is going to keep going. What if, what's next? What that, 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 that. So a hundred percent. I can't even think of the amount of times that I have amplified something entirely in my mind (laughs) that usually doesn't unfold or is never true it's a we have a crazy wild mind don't we and so I think I love that bit around imagination because it also helps you to imagine what's the alternative reality or what could be possible in this situation and and Allowing yourself, like you say, to dream and really indulge that. Give yourself permission to say, actually, there there is a pos- there is a possibility. There is an alternative here. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just for five minutes. Yes. Like I have a book of ideas and um, this is an amazing book for all of the creatives out there. And I know that you've got a lot of creatives on your podcast. Mm. Um, there is a book called Refuse to Choose. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's like from the 80s. I mean, when you order it, like it's not going to be anything that's out in the 2000s, okay? But <laughs> it was it was a book that made me finally kind of be okay with having so many ideas going on. So it's for the person who's got a thousand ideas and is like, I don't want to choose one. 
But the one thing I learned from that book is that I have a book of ideas. So every big idea that comes into your brain needs to either be acknowledged or needs to live somewhere or it needs to play out in real life. And so for me, like I have a big book of ideas, like I've built hotels, I've done the entire plans for the interiors, like that idea of Elevate, which is the name of the hotel in Costa Rica, like I found the property and everything. I have zero desire to actually own a hotel, but (laughs) that idea was so big in my mind, it needed a place to live. And right now it has a home. It has a space that I acknowledge that I've seen it, that I've done stuff with it. And it's in a book, but not all ideas have to take form in real life. And sometimes they just need to live in your big book of ideas Um, and just be acknowledged. Yeah. And it's been one of the coolest things because I'm like, ah, this is really cool because I get super excited about just starting something it's the finishing that I'm always like, wah, 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 like (laughs) not dying to do all of that. So this is kind of the fun part. It's like, I'm going to build this big idea and maybe I'll take action on it, but maybe not. And I give that, I give myself that permission to say, maybe not. Mm. And that acknowledgement that that idea is important to you and exists because how many times do we have these great ideas and we're too afraid to share it with someone. And maybe that is your first step to acknowledging mm-hmm. to someone else is to acknowledge it into your big idea book first. I fully agree with acknowledging it first in like taking, like having it take shape somewhere before you allow it to take form with other people. Because when they are big ideas that you really want to come to life, you are asking someone else's opinion before you're ready to actually share it. Mm. And sometimes that deters us because they don't quite understand the big idea yet. Especially for us visionaries who are like, I am like going to dream all of these really huge, massive plans. And people are like, what? (laughs) How are you going to do that? And then you kind of like, Oh, I don't know. But like, I have these big ideas. <laughs> so I have, I have definitely been very careful about who I share my big ideas with. You really want to be careful with that. It's like, mm-hmm. also you've got to be careful of like asking advice. Like, would you ask advice on like re- a really good relationship with someone who's going through like a super nasty divorce? Mm. Probably not. You know, you want to ask advice from people that you kind of want to understand that they've already been there and they have succeeded in that area of focus. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. It's going, it's, it's going in all different directions. I know that you have had a number of maybe a number of careers. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. the right way to define it, but you have been your own boss. You've been in in charge of your career direction in terms of not being in in a corporate environment for a long time. I want to say like 15 years, you've been in charge of your own thing. What has the last 15 years looked like? Because and I know you've dipped in, in and out of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At what point did you also decide that 
I, it's okay for me to not know like all of the the boxes that I'm going to tick along the way and it's okay to not have a linear career path and it needs to look like this because I imagine you probably were fairly fairly young when you decided that this was your way of doing things. Talk to me a little bit about that journey. Um, so I was 27 when yeah. I, on my 27th birthday, I quit my corporate job. Um, I was, you know, what I had kind of described as I had, I had landed my dream job. Um, I was working for Quicksilver, the clothing company. I was doing all of their events. I was designing their offices. I was flying all over for surf events and, you know, world premieres for like skate movies. And I just realized really quick that I'm like, this is not the dream job. Like I didn't realize that this was not the dream job. (laughs) So I landed it, um, but I was really unhappy in it. And, um, I think it was really good that I was that busy because I was so like, what's the word? I mean, I was just, my entire life revolved around that job because I was there morning and night and weekends and traveling. And, you know, for sometimes I'd be in like Las Vegas for 10 days for a trade show. And I'm like, this is awful. I do not want to be here because everyone else was partying and I was working and, So it was a really good thing for me that it happened all in like one year. I mean, I was with Quicksilver for five years, but in that one year, I was just, my mental health went down really fast and I was really, really um, unhappy. And so I stayed unhappy for a while. And finally, like I, I got sick of myself being unhappy. Like I got sick of, you know, that internal dialogue. And then you're also, you're starting to say it all the time. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like, I don't want to hear me anymore. Um, so my parents are the type of parents that, um, from like day one, it's like, get a stable job, get your 401k, have health insurance. And then you just stay with the same job for the rest of your life. I basically have not been that person since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's do this. Let's do that. Sorry, let's guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm also, I've been the outcast of the family forever because <laughs> my sister is in that path. Um, so I just went in. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I walked in on my birthday and I walked into my boss's office and was like, I quit. And he said to me, he's like, so what are you going to do? That's ever going to be better than this job. And I'm like, I started my own event production company. (laughs) Uh, I had not started anything yet. Um, but I made it up just to like make it. So there was something that I was leaving for. And he's like, well, good luck with that. Oh, wow. And I left, I was fuming. I was so mad. And I'm like, okay, well, at least that was like, you know, a sign saying that, you know, this wasn't the right person to be working for. And then I walked into a couple of the executives offices that I had been planning corporate events for. And one of them was like, you're leaving. Oh my gosh, what happened? And I have a wedding. Do you want to plan my wedding? I was all sure. I had never been to a wedding before. Um, (laughs) I'm all, yeah, I can do that. No problem. And then the marketing department was like, what are we going to do without you? You're our production person in that department. 
And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, well, would you consider coming on as a consultant? I was like, sure, no problem. I have this production company, which was me yeah. um, <laughs> with a book on how to start an event planning company from Barnes and Noble. I mean, this was before Google, guys. So, <laughs> you know, I basically feel like as soon as you make a decision, the, the universe just lines up to support that. It's really scary. And I probably have never read so many books in my life and wondered, what the hell am I doing? And, you know, but it all worked out. Like my first event for Quicksilver was for um, a private Pearl Jam concert with Jack Johnson. And it was Eddie Vedder, Jack Johnson, Kelly Slater. And I was kind of like, okay, I can do this. Like, sure. Um, So I did that for a few years, but that was me jumping out. And ever since then, I mean, that was 15 years ago, but ever since then, it's just been small, tiny, tiny decisions to say yes to me. Yes to the big ideas that I have. Yes to the feelings inside that don't feel good. Um, I, I truly believe if you just take some small supportive steps and you're your own partner in life, everything lines up to support you. Mm. But what we mostly do is we take in all of the noise and all of the advice from everybody else. And then we go, Oh, that's not a good idea. I'm not going to do it. And so was it easy the first couple years? Absolutely not. But has it gotten easier (laughs) over the last 15 years? Oh my God. I mean, when I first started hatched, which is, the company I own now, I started out as a co-working space for moms and I opened and we had already been written up in all these magazines in San Diego, um, in California. And within a week I was like, I can't do this. I closed the doors. And I was like, Nope, we're closed. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a co-working space, especially for moms. And my PR girl was like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no, it doesn't feel good inside. Like, I, I don't want to do this. So we have publications coming out saying that you are a female owned co-working space for moms. And I'm like, I'm not anymore. Sorry. And so it's stuff like that, that that doesn't bother me anymore. What everyone else is going to think, like, I'm just let them think whatever they want, but this doesn't feel good. And I mentally can't go there. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I have a very sensitive, sensitive mind, I can't go into a dark place. Like that's not healthy for me. And so I know when something's not right, I go into a dark place. When I'm there, I'm like, all right, something's got to change. So that's gotten easier over time. It's not that easy at the beginning. (laughs) No, but what you've shown is that from that first decision at 27, you there was enough signs after that, that you could trust your own gut feeling. Yes. It doesn't mean that, that trusting your gut feeling is easy, (laughs) but it's not easy at all. I mean, I want to be very clear. Yeah. It did show you that things will have a way of working out Mm -hmm. 
themselves and they might not look like what you think, but you just have to trust that feeling, like you say. And uh, that's a really hard thing to do because I think also as as women or or that being a more feminine gift, you know, it's not necessarily exclusive to men or women, but we're not really taught to trust that, are we? No. no. I mean, we're telling especially little girls, I find myself doing it sometimes too to my daughter is like, you know, be quiet, sit down, follow the rules. But the the people who actually get ahead in life are not quiet. They don't follow the rules and they like charge forward. And we don't as a society really allow our girls to do that. And then on the flip side, we don't allow our boys to be sensitive to feel all of their feelings to you know be in positions that are considered feminine jobs um and so that's like you know looking at the whole society of 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 how we're parenting which is a whole nother topic but um (laughs) we won't get into that today um but I think that you know, I think it's tapping into whether male, female, any sort of, any gender to just say, like, where do you feel it the most? Like, what comes up? Like, so you have to tap into, and so anybody who's listening right now, as I will give you a challenge to, you know, just like close your eyes and like tap into one moment that you made a decision that you fully like it worked out you fully trusted it and you were super powerful in making it and then look and feel like what was what was your body language what where did you feel it in your heart to say okay yes I'm going for that and like for me it's it's like this nervous belly so I get it in my stomach but if I get it in my chest it's an absolute no Like that's when I know it's not right for me. But if I feel it in my belly, it's like, this is exciting. This is fun. Also really effing scary. Yeah. But like, that's when I know it's right. So you got to just like tap into when you've made a decision that it's worked out and you went for it. See what it felt like in your body. See what you were talking and telling yourself. What was the language you were using? you know, and what was your posturing? Like, how, how did you say it in that moment? Um, and what did your day look like? How did you set yourself up for success within that, within that day, Mm -hmm. um, for making a decision like that? And so whenever you're getting ready to make a big decision, put yourself back into that state, into that language, and, and see what happens because you'll probably be able to tap back into that same exact powerful feeling that you had in that moment when you did already experience what worked for you. Yeah. And, and realize that you are an intelligent, smart woman. And I think we give our power away to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> to like we said in the beginning, asking everyone else for advice, we also give our power away and mm-hmm. don't believe that we have a right to want what we want. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I think we could go in a whole different tangent yeah. there. I'm interested to know why do you think it is then that women find it so hard to ask for help? And we have both 
had the privilege of coaching some amazing, amazing women in business. And mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, I, like it brings me to tears almost to think about how you can play a role in the development of someone's business and, and, you know, their livelihood and their heart and their soul and, and all of that. But actually getting to that point of asking for help, it's, it's Mm -hmm. something that I have noticed, especially with small business owners is that we feel like we have to grind away in our (laughs) closet recording our podcast. (laughs) Yeah there right now but uh sometimes it feels like we have to make it so hard and so unbearable and this journey is you know like we're clawing our way up this hill for uh, when we could go and ask for help yeah Yeah. I feel like that is such a big good question Mm. um and I think that goes back to us programming of we have it all together. We're supposed to have it all together. We're multitaskers. Women can do anything. I think women take that advice or that or whatever you want to call that, that label of like women can do anything and they go to the full extreme. And it's detrimental to our mental health. It, it truthfully is. Um, and I feel that I will probably be learning this lesson for the rest of my life because I am so, it, it's challenging for me to ask for help. But what I have seen is the moment you do, the more power you have. So if you look back at any big business. It all started with one person and one idea. As soon as they started opening up their circle and allowing others to have a voice, allowing others to be a part of it, allowing others to help them with the things that they are not good at is when the impact of the business actually happens. When you are so close to what it is that you're doing and you are holding on to it so tight. And you're like, I can't let anybody else in because only I am good enough to do this. Truthfully is when you're going to like put a chokehold on your business and it's going to be almost impossible for it to grow. We suffocate not only ourselves, but we suffocate our businesses when we do that. And so I think it's just practice, practice, allowing others in practice, like practice saying, I need help. Mm. I'm not okay. I'm this, or I'm that that's vulnerable. Um, and that is probably why I'm also so open about everything on social media is that it's a practice for me because that doesn't come natural for me. And so when I think, you know, I ask myself this often is like, what am I hiding right now? Like, what am I hiding? Well, most of the time in my business, like I'm hiding that like, I either A, don't know how to do something, B, like, I feel like it's too messy. You know, the list could kind of go on and on. And so in that moment, I'm like, okay, that's what I need to talk about. 
that's what I need to face. That's what I need to just be out in the open with. And so every time I talk about, you know, kind of it being messy action, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm taking messy action too. It doesn't have to be perfect. And so I think it's just a daily practice of just trying with the people who support you, the people who love you. It's, it's starting in your own home, setting boundaries and uh, saying, Hey, like I need to take care of myself today. I'm like, you're worth taking care of yourself. Um, you know, the new membership we're launching is like, there's this four part series. And we, we talk about like, you know, there's a topic we'll, t- we'll cover every month, but every week we break it down and it starts with self. Like week one is self. We have to foundationally be stable, be certain, be in our bodies in order then to allow others in. And so if you can think about four circles, like the, the main circle is self. And then we allow that circle to open up and that's others. Those are your closest confidants. Those are the relationships that you have that are the closest people in your life. They're your anchors. And then you can open up to the next circle, which is your business. That's when actions can start happening. And then you can open up to the impact in the community. Um, but a lot of people come to me and say, hey, how do I build community? And I'm like, well, how are you feeling inside? They're mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you got to anchor here then you can allow others in. And once you feel really comfortable there, you can start taking action in your business. And when all three of those circles feel like filled up is when the impact and the community starts to build and it starts to happen. So, yes, yes. And it starts with, I, I can't, uh, I can't pinpoint exactly the, the times, but I know that I've got that feeling where if I'm ungrounded in myself, like when you talk about starting with self, if I have that ungrounded feeling and I'm all up here in my head, it's a really hard to let people in and attract people in. So Uh, it's that, I mean, not to get into too much into things like chakras and stuff, but it is that like rooting down, like laying your roots and that's within yourself. Like if you think about it, like a tree and then your branches can be your, your community and, and things like that. And I think also when you're anchored in that place, that's also, I mean, that's the center of, um, you know, where we create life and sex and power. And and then you also believe that I'm worthy of making the investment because I think financial investment in our business is also intertwined in this. And one of the reasons why we don't do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. (laughs) And one thing I would say to that is, um, you know, I had a client the other day and I was asking her, she had, we had, I do it like a huge, like four page intake form before I have someone even come in. And she had written down that her ideal client was herself. And I had to challenge her because I was like, well, you wanted to challenge me on how much you were going to pay for coaching. So actually the coaching program that you're putting together is, you know, is pretty high. Um, so would you pay for this? And she's like, no, I'm all, <laughs> okay, well, then you're not your ideal client. And she's like, what? 
And I'm like, well, she's like, I've already paid for all my coaching. I'm like, I, I get that. But I want you to see that as if we are not investing in almost the same service as what we're selling, it's going to make it really hard to ask someone for that money. And so if you're wanting to invest in yourself, I would say like you, like whatever you're putting out into the world that you're charging for, I would double it and go pay that to somebody Mm. full price. Do not ask for a discount. Do not try to get it for free. Like you go pay full price times two and say, I want this. And guess what that does to your mind says, wow. Okay. Well, what I'm offering is cheap because I just paid this. And it automatically puts you on a different like level to say, oh, wait, my pricing is not scary. And because a lot of women come to me and they say, oh, I'm just like, I'm scared to charge what I charge. And, mm-hmm. you know, they make up these prices in their heads first. Um, so if you're doing that, be careful with what you're just making up. Make sure that the result equals the amount that you're charging. But if you are having an issue with, you know, investing in your business or asking for money for what you do. Um, I highly recommend doubling that and go pay it to somebody and, and go through those feelings, go through what it feels like. That's the, the best market research you could ever do to talk to your ideal client for someone who says, I just don't know if I can afford that. And you're like, I get it. I just paid double for what I'm asking you to pay but I know that the result was worth every one of those uncomfortable feelings. And here's all the uncomfortable feelings that I went through. So I can totally feel where you're coming from. Now you're on their level and they think, oh, she's in my head. She gets me. This is worth it. Okay. I'm going to pay it. Mm. Absolute gold. uh, I love that analogy. Pricing is something that I love talking about because it's been so much of my own journey and it will be for the rest of time building a business. And I think what you're saying as well is that we, we're kind of the, the gatekeeper to the flow of money in and out of our lives. And if we, it's not, we're not saying get off this call and go and invest in a coach and everything will be merry. What we're saying is where are you blocking the incoming in and the outgoing of your business, whether it be through leaking energy and you could have systems or you could outsource and where are you also not investing in that future self? Because when you, when you bring someone into your team, whether it be a coach or some sort of support and you have a vision of what you want, you're starting to work on that vision right now (laughs) through that investment and oh yeah it's so so powerful so powerful and it's it's a pretty incredible feeling having someone there to support you and be like you got this and they're and you're you're kind of looking at them like are you sure (laughs) really? And they've already done it. And they're like kind of looking back at you going, yes, like, let's go. Like you got this. Um, it's, it's worth the money. Like, I mean, I feel investing in mentors, coaching, all of it, like whatever's going to get me a shortest path to where I want to be. Like I'll pay, I'll pay the money. Um, 
but that's why like, I don't have a problem charging what I charge. And also asking that of people. Cause I'm like, well, you're going to like 10 times the amount of like energy and also time that you're saving. So, you know, if you're not ready for that, like that's fine. Um, (laughs) you can go do it the hard way. I did that for a long time. I I did the, you know, the $15 book from Barnes and Noble to figure out how to be an event planner. And it was excruciating. Like I should have just gone to an event planner and said, Hey, can you teach me? Like, I'll pay you whatever. Can you teach me what I need to know? Because I have a wedding coming up. Instead, I spent hours upon hours upon hours, free hours researching. And we forget that those laborious hours that we're spending doing free research, we could be making a lot more money and having a lot more fun in our life. And I don't know exactly what type of coach you are, but I think a good coach puts you in the arena from day dot. And so you start to learn through your experience rather than like you say, reading it all in the book and then going and doing if you have someone that's going to get you in the arena on the court now, how much quicker are you going to learn by doing? <laughs> well, I would say you only learn from experience. Mm. So you can research, you can read every book, you can take every online course. But if you don't go put yourself in that ring and you actually don't go try the thing that you want to do, you're never going to know. And so that's where I actually also am like, you have such a benefit for not knowing. Um, there was a really good new Brene Brown um, podcast that just came out a couple of days ago. And she's talking about, you know, being an outsider. So trying something new that's not your specialty you have such an advantage because you're almost like a little kid. And the, the analogy was so amazing. It was like, okay, you give a kid a pan, you know, a frying pan, and they can turn it into a bathtub. They can turn it into a hat. They can turn it into a drum. Like they can turn it into anything because they don't know the reference on what it's supposed to be. So you take that and you put that in an adult. As an adult, I see a pan and I see, I'm going to cook eggs in that exact pan. And that's all I can see because that's what I've been trained constantly to see. So you take someone and pull them out of what they're really good at and what their expertise is, and you have them solve a problem on something else. This is what the power of brainstorming together as a group is. Mm. So you put someone else's perspective on what it is that you're trying to solve and they see it totally different. And so that's why as coaches, I think we can be so powerful because there's a lot of times I'm coaching people that I have no idea anything about their profession. (laughs) Um, Like I had a midwife the other week and I was like, I, like I went in for a C-section like, I didn't even go through birth. Like, so I don't know that whole world, but I can see it so differently as an outsider's perspective. And that I think is the power of coaches is and then also group, you know, group collaboration, group, group brainstorming, masterminds, all of those things that bring in other perspectives, they're so powerful. So we just got to be open to that though, because when all we can see is black and white, you're going to be very pigeonholed and it's not going to work in, in the day and age that we're in. No. We have to be maneuvering. 
We do. And really uh, something that you said in that is around those right brain skills, brainstorming, collaborating, uh, ideation, imagination, storytelling, all of these things are skills that if we don't at least immerse ourselves in them periodically, those are the skills that they can't outsource easily right now. It probably will happen one day. And I think you see those businesses that embrace that and their next level, they're not like everyone else, you know, and, and they're very clear on what they want because they've spent that time in those skills rather than following a step-by-step process and very linear, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Creativity guys. I mean, I'm telling you, you gotta be, you gotta innovate constantly. You know, we have to be innovating um, in order to, you know, have a thriving business right now. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about community. Um, Hatch Collective was started, I understand, part community, part uh, you also offered your coaching and mentoring as well. And I think you've expressed this and we uh, we both have a shared belief that a f- community focus and creating community, whether, whether you lead it or whether you be part of it, 2020 has been the defining year of <clears throat> not only where is my community and, and losing, losing that in-person connection in an instant you know, not and totally out of our control and things. But also I think for me what it's highlighted and I think a lot of the women in in my community have started to question what, what do they want to belong to Yes, as well. Yes. And I'm, I have to just tell you, I'm so sorry. I hope Get in there. can edit this out. My kids are literally just walking in. I knew that. Hi, baby. Give me five minutes to finish up, okay? Just five minutes, okay? Go tell Miss Tori five minutes, okay? That's okay. Babysitter. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not too hard to edit out. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Um, no, all good. Okay. Where do you want me to pop in? I would love you to share with me what your experience has been around community. Maybe you can talk about having a community focused business pre 2020. And then now what you see in 2020 as being really important and maybe what, what's also shifted for you when it comes to that concept. What has changed in 2020 for me has been, I feel like it's awakened something I already knew the level of loneliness in entrepreneurship is so high and it's on the rise and it's on the rise in like a very severe, severe elevated state. What we have seen is now a mirror to shine back at us to say, here it is. Something that I had been seeing because I feel like I get the women who come to me um, because I'm so vulnerable. They come to me and be like, how is this so lonely? Like, where do I find my community? Where do I find my people? 
And for me, I was always like in person, it's in person, in person, in person. Um, and it has been really hard for me to transition into an online connective space. Um, I don't find the same fuel in it. Um, but one thing I have seen is that people need other people now more than ever. And they need them in the sense that they don't need another talking head at them. They need a conversation. They need to be having open dialogue with other people. And that open dialogue needs to be on a different level than a surface. Like if you want to talk about having a connected conversation online, like you got to get even almost deeper because in person, there's like mm -hmm. a natural, when you're in somebody's personal space, there's a natural thing that happens inside. And it is, is an actual chemical reaction that says, this person is close enough to me your fight, your fight or flight stance, like all of those chemicals in your body show up and it says, do I trust this person or not? Instantly, if you're in that space and you do trust that person, your body lets go. It like releases and it's like, okay, I now consider this person a friend, not a foe. Well, sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad because there can be a little distinction of, Ooh, I was wrong but your body naturally does that mm. and it allows them in. So in our in-persons, like I know all of these background, you know, chemical reactions that happen. So we see people within three feet of each other. We have conversations that are um, a little bit more vulnerable than most mm. because those things happen naturally in the body. And then you're able to connect. Um, with online, it changes things up just a tiny bit, but what you can do online is you can get closer to the camera. Like when you think about me getting closer, yeah. you feel more connected. If I was to stand way back, like in some YouTube videos where you see someone in the back standing and you see their whole body, how connected do you feel to that person? You can do this with social media selfies. There's a reason why selfies are one of the highest rated photos on all of your Instagram. Mm because you're close to the camera. They're like, I'm in their personal space. I trust them. It's a wild thing that can happen. So community is needed now more than ever, no matter what. If you don't have it supporting your business, whether it's you building one or you being a part of one, you're going to feel lonely. Mm. And it's going to be very hard to grow your mm. business and your life. Um, and so I would say you also have to take responsibility for making those connections. And it might be very uncomfortable. Most likely it's going to be very uncomfortable, but finding a space that you can go and connect, um, finding people that value vulnerability. Um, we're living in a very divided world right now and it scares me. Um, and so I truly believe I wanna be a part of the solution and not a part of <laughs> <laughs> the breakdown of, you know, mental health. And so I, I believe that spending less time on social media is very important because that's not true connection. Um, diving into the relationships you have close to you and growing those, mm. you truthfully only need about two to three people in your life to have deep connections with, and you will not feel lonely. Mm. Um, 
but what most people are doing right now is they're reaching out to the masses and saying, like me, like me, like me, take me in, accept me, accept me. And that's very, very scary. And we're watching it happen to young children and they're taking their life. Mm. And that's not okay to me. Yeah. Um, so we will always continue to build community on a deeper vulnerable level. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important to me. It's very important to me. Yeah. I'm very, uh, firstly, thank you for, for sharing that because that takes honesty to acknowledge that collectively that's what you're hearing and that that's, what we need to be part of. It's very easy to say, yeah, community, you know, everything's great. And, and at the same time, I also think that who knows what's going on in the bigger plan, but small business is vulnerable if we don't create those support systems around us and whether that is something that someone else is trying to stop, limit. I'm not going to go into that conversation. I think we could, but uh, we'll keep it there for now that if you want to see your business continue to survive, it's going to be a key part of it, essentially is what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. I think it is truthfully the wave of the future. Yeah. If you can start bringing in community and having people really build relationships that have your brand at the, at the center and true relationships, this isn't about creating a Facebook page like, or a Facebook group. Um, this is about really diving in and getting to know people. Like if you have a hundred followers, like right on. A hundred people are interested in what it is that you have to say. Do you know their names? Do you know if they have kids? Like, do you know what they're launching? Like, that's all that it takes. People just care about being seen. So it's not about numbers. Like, just remember when you guys are, you know, filling out, like, how many clients you actually need over the next year. I bet you anything, it's not more than a hundred if you're in the Mm -hmm. service-based business, you know? And so that just takes building relationships and instead of constantly wanting more people to see you just go and take yourself out of your own head and go see other people and build those relationships. And you will, you will see a massive change, not only in your mental health, but you're going to see a massive change in your business. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. And people talk, right? You have a few really good relationships and those people will talk about you. And yeah, (laughs) I have a lot of clients that are not on social media at all and they have full thriving businesses Mm -hmm. and it's all about relationships. Yeah. And it's also about creating results for people. Yes. So if you're not getting people results, go back to the most simplistic form of what it is that you do that creates the biggest result in the shortest amount of time. And then you'll get people to talk about you. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. I don't want to keep you too much longer, Katie, from your, from your babies. Uh, 
Tell us a little bit about what this membership is that you are creating when it's launching all the dates and we will look out for it. So it's called business church. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Um, It is a community um, that's built really for connection, but it's going to be built by the community. So we have an initial list of people that we're inviting in. And from there, it will be invites from the people who are actually part of the community. Um, we will have every Tuesday, um, we have Tuesday service. And so it will be, um, really just a place to come get inspired, um, build connections. You'll have, um, breakout groups and, like, you know, prompts in order to get really, really, really deep with some people. Um, we call them anchor sessions. And so that's every Tuesday, um, the third Thursday of every month, our group brainstorm sessions, um, because I truly believe clarity comes from getting ideas from other people. And um, we've got keynote speakers that are going to be coming in. Um, and then there will be an in-person component. So what I had built through Hatched was coffee and conversation, and that's what mm-hmm. everybody loves. And so a lot of people are really nervous that's going to go away. And what's going to happen is that's going to transition into ambassadors who are going to take over that. And we've got a couple people in place right now over the U.S. And eventually I would love for it to take shape in other countries. And um, Call me up, uh, girl. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Um, the second Thursday of every month, we will be getting together out at a park, um, working out together, moving our body, stimulating our brain, meditating, whatever that's going to be. It's going to be different for every ambassador who takes on that, that challenge to, you know, kind of lead it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really just, I want to eliminate the amount of people who come to me and say, I'm lonely. Yeah. Um, and this isn't so much about business. It is to an extent, but it really is going to be about creating a community, creating a place that you can consistently come and know that you're going to be heard and that you're going to be seen. And, um, we have really taken so many, um, different paths of creating a journey for people that is so different than anything I've ever seen created. Um, We're not going to do any splashy marketing. It's not going to be posted all over social media. Like this is going to be something truly inside about relationships. And I want to spend my time making sure that everybody in that membership is seen and not spending my time making sure we get more people in. Mm -hmm. It's not about the masses to me. It's about making sure that everyone feels supported. And so it's a little scary. It's very exciting. It's something I've been working on for about five months now. Um, And so we are really going to dive into those four circles I kind of told you about earlier. So every week we go from self to others, to business, to community. And so it really looks at self as reflection. Others is connection. Um, Business is action. And then community is impact. Like how are we serving our communities and the planet as the whole with the actions that we're taking and with what we're anchoring into self and the connections that we're building. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so amazing. And I'm so glad that you have used this time to really, um, I 
simmer those ideas and really immerse yourself in what this is going to be because it's going to be beautiful and amazing. And uh, I know we share a few women in common that we know, KK being one of them. You're going to have a number of women that are going to be right there with you alongside this journey. So very, very thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I will uh, I will be sending you an invite okay. and then you'll be able to share that with your audience. Yeah. Um because I'm pretty excited about it and I think the more diverse audience that we have, the better we can all learn from each other. Mm. And um so that means different colors, different sizes, different countries. Like I want I want everyone to feel that they have a place that they belong and you know, I feel like that's what church does for people and I'm not religious. And so for me, I've always felt like, oh, well, that's not really something I, I want to do. But the idea of having a place to go every Sunday is like, wow, that would be rad. Like, yeah, that's my community. And so that's what we're building. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. This is been a conversation that I I knew was going to go all sorts of places and be really special and really honest. Thank you so much for your honesty. Oh wait. I really, really appreciate you. And even though we need to get out and make connections in person, I am also thankful that mediums exist that we can do this too. I so agree. I'm very grateful for this. Yeah. So grateful, especially over this time. Yes. So yes. thank you for having yeah. me and thank you to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Thank you, Katie.